Hi, everyone. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we have on Gemma Price, CEO of HubGem, a HubSpot Solutions partner who offers CRM implementation and growth consultancy services specifically to businesses in the education space. Gemma shares the history of HubGem and the path that led her team towards the vertical specialization and niche that they're anchored to today. We talk about the benefits of niche alignment for her team, her clients, and for the relationship she's cultivated within HubSpot's sales organization. Jim also shares the risks partners face when making the decision to niche and the important considerations for after the fact, like hiring and training employees and resourcing accounts, to prospecting and sales conversations and go-to-market strategies. Jim also provides her perspective on the differences between picking a niche and deep niche alignment, and for education specifically, how she approaches HubSpot configuration for an industry that doesn't have a traditional sales function we'd normally see adopting HubSpot including some of the cool things that she's been able to build and implement for her clients. To niche or not to niche? Help answer that question for your team by listening to today's episode of Agency Unfiltered. Uh, how's the day going uh, on the other side of the pond, if you will? It's good. You know, I can't complain. The weather here has just been stunning. So, yeah, nice. Uh, love that. I think uh, it's been fairly nice for us over here, too. Um, but, wow. Gemma, you know, we're not here to talk about the weather. Uh, I think we're here to talk about Hub Gem uh, and maybe more specifically uh, deep uh, niche alignment or really tight alignment with a very specific industry or vertical there's a whole slew of benefits that unlock with that. Um, and actually, anytime I talk about this with a guest on the show, I have to confirm, uh, are, you, are you team niche or team niche? I'm team niche. <laughs> You're niche. Okay, I will make a note. We will use niche. Um, all right. So uh, let's start with this. Uh, again, HubGem, uh, deep alignment with a very particular industry. Why don't you give us a download? right? As to what that alignment looks like for you today. Uh, and then what does the service offering or engagement type look like for those businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we are specialists at implementing HubSpot in education. Um, uh, that is, that is our bag. <laughs> um, uh, we, we do yeah. also work with some nonprofits. So we sort of have a, a smaller niche on the side. Um, but uh, primarily we are, um, yeah, we focus on the education sector. So for us, that is everything. It's our it's our tagline. It's our um, our services are entirely built around it. Um, you know, it, we offer things like onboarding, and it's uh, you know onboarding HubSpot onboarding for schools, HubSpot mm-hmm. onboarding for colleges. Um, it's like a a bundled sort of product in itself. Um, and I think yeah, by really understanding our niche, that's uh, means we can we can really dive into a sector and understand them inside out. Yeah. Um, love that. And so education is the domain. Sounds like there's a few kind of subcategories within that. You'd mentioned it, schools, uh, colleges or universities. Um, now did when HubGem was founded, right? When you, when this whole thing kicked off, 
was this the intention right out of the gate uh, or did some sort of, you know, trajectory or path in the history of PubGem kind of lead you towards this? Uh, so what's the what's the history and, and how did you land on the niche that you're in now? Um, yeah, it was always the plan. Um, so so my, my background was working directly within independent schools um, and also within colleges. So um, I'd, I'd been there firsthand. I'd seen how terrible the systems are um, in those in those uh, places. And um, and I just I implemented HubSpot myself within uh, a school, um, saw the impact that it made and thought, why is why is not well, like, yeah. well, everyone should be doing this. So um, so my my plan initially was was just that I on my own would be a, a sort of HubSpot consultant who understands the education sector. Um, and then uh, we, you know, as we're, we're now a team of 18 of us and it's, it's been yeah. a big old journey. But um, but I think, you know, for us, the fact that we know what we do, we know who we serve um, and and what that looks like. I think that's been really key for us. So it sounds like two parts. Well, first off, it was right out of the gate. You knew this is where you wanted to be. It sounds like you were actually in-house uh, at one of these schools. And you're like, wow, after rolling out HubSpot, uh, huge uh, impact, right? Or, or realized benefits of doing so. And like well, more should be more schools, more colleges, uh, more educational institutions should be doing this. So is that, is the, are those the two dimensions for uh, picking a niche? It's uh, your own experience and uh, the perceived opportunities and fixing are like major uh, aspects that are broken that you can fix, right? Those are the two dimensions yeah. you use. Yeah. I've- you know, I'd I'd not thought of it, but but yeah, I, I think it is. You know, so certainly the experience. I mean, like knowing when when we go and we're talking to new prospects or customers, and I go, oh yeah, because this, and I'll say a word that maybe they've not told me yet, but but I know that that's something they should be considering. You know, maybe it's uh, and what do you do about your boarding students, and how do you handle your relationship with international consultants or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um. They that really sets us aside uh, because we know what they need to be thinking about. So I'd say that experience is is really key. Um, uh, we, I should say you can you can also build that through working with people. You know, you don't have to have worked in that environment. Right, right, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure that grows over time too. In this, you know, as as you work with more schools, colleges, like that depth of knowledge will continue to grow as well. Yeah, that's it. And then and then on the um. The noticing a, a sort of a gap or a frustration um, in the market. So when you know, for me, I, I was probably a bit um, a bit a bit radical to be working in a in an independent school. I came in a big fan of new technology and um, very digital background. Um, coming into a role where you know I, I was on a an old Windows computer and I, I couldn't do anything when I first got in, and you know it took it was a bit of a, a process of transformation. And but. Yeah. I, I knew it could there must be better ways. And so, you know, when I when I saw the systems that were were being used and I, I saw the um you know the reliance on spreadsheets and I wouldn't even say reliance, like, you know, the sector loves spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> um but they also are frustrated by them. And and for for me it was I I needed to know the data. I needed to be able to report back to my manager how we were performing and without digging through manually through like 20 spreadsheets and that, you know, that were massive, I couldn't do that. And so for me, it was identifying that need myself and then yeah. going on the journey, you know, I scoped out HubSpot as a solution um, uh, and thought, this is a bit radical here. Like this has not been done in this space. Um, uh, and then, and then I think living that experience of 
implementing with my peers in that environment who were also perhaps not quite um, ready or, or sure. Mm-hmm. And taking them on that journey has meant that now when we speak to teams who, you know, I can see it in them like, oh, but is this a school's product? And, and I have to sort of break that down for them. Um, yeah, I think it helps that I've been there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and it's like, I had to uh, have these conversations while being in charge of the implementation or like pushing for this product. That's going to inform the discussions you now have with prospective clients, you know, now and in the future. Yeah. It was interesting too, to your point there, it's not just about the severity of uh, the pain point or like the size of what the, the issue that's broken or what have you. It's also the, the size of the impact the right solution can have, right? It's like, okay, you know, the reliance on spreadsheets wasn't, maybe they didn't feel it super severely. They were okay with it, but knowing how much more value they could receive if there was an easier way to surface and connect data and pull the data required that can inform whatever strategy. So it's like the size of the solution and the impact uh, maybe is more so important than just the severity of the the problem that they face. Um, yeah, I think so. And also that if you, I mean, I'm sure there's many other sectors where this applies, but you know, in education, the the decision making process, the purchasing journey is, is very considered. You know, it's a especially if you take if you take private schools into account, um, we're talking a lot of cost. <laughs> you know, the parents are parting with a lot of money, but this is also their child's future. Yeah, you know, they have been thinking about this since probably before their child was born. And so the ability the, the challenge for schools is to use the data in a way that can help them to nurture those prospects in the way that the prospects need to be nurtured. And it's a competitive market. And so um, if you're doing that in spreadsheets, how can you possibly, you know, be keeping in touch for five years till a child is old enough to join school um, it, on a, from spreadsheets? Like, it, yeah. So I think it's very much needed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes sense. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it justifies the existence of somebody like Hubgem, right? Um, you alluded to some of this stuff. Uh, I wanted to ask, like, all right, what are the benefits that you feel uh, anchoring to a niche uh, as you do with education. I think you've alluded to some of that, um, but I think we can we can go we can pull it further. You mentioned like speaking their language, and there's some some value in doing that. Um, uh, obviously, uh, in a competitive space, right? They probably what prefer somebody with real deep knowledge and experience. Um, but anyways, I don't want to speak on your behalf. But like, yeah, what are the most acute, strongly felt benefits uh, aligning so tightly to, to education? Yeah, so I, th- I think for us, um, it certainly helps us stand out in a busy market. Um, so when you know we we have schools say to us, we wouldn't be work, we wouldn't be using HubSpot if it wasn't for you. Um, and they said, you know, because we know we need somebody with this sector experience to help us do it. They they might even have found HubSpot themselves, um, and and then realized that it was oh, it's a bit. Um, yeah, they might have found HubSpot themselves and realized that it was a whole step too far for them to, um, you know, how are we going to implement this? We don't know. And so I think they would search for some help with this, or maybe they would ask HubSpot, you know, the direct sales team. Um, and I think having having that on our name, you know, this is what we do. This is who mm-hmm. we are and we can help. Um, I think it obviously helps in the um, in the the conversations with the uh, with the prospect but it also helps us um, on the HubSpot side um, uh, grow our presence and and direct reps know who we are. That's actually a really good call, right? And so maybe this is another, you know, uh, uh, another point if, you know, there's a listener tuning in like, hey, I haven't really, uh, you know, deeply niched down yet. Maybe I should, I don't know. But if you are the solutions partner of, of 
uh, notoriety for a very particular segment, it sounds like what there's a referral business opportunity or like you're hearing from direct reps that, that are talking to clients that fit this profile, education, colleges, universities. Yeah, I think it helps everyone knows where to go. You know, we have a big sign above our heads going, we can help you if you are exactly this. Um, and I think I think people find that reassuring because, um, you know, we've mentioned language a little bit, but the language of HubSpot doesn't necessarily talk to the ears of education. So, you know, gosh, we, we see the word sales. Um, if you work in admissions, like you would never use the word sales. In fact, you might even find it a bit like almost like vulgar. Like it's it's so far removed from what we do is in sales, and you're like, well, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, that, yeah. exactly. I know that, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, it's quite it's it's it can be a challenge, and so I think the fact that we go in and say, oh yeah, no, this is admissions, or this is this is where the child data sits, this is how this works, or you know, in universities as well, you know, this is your application form and, and just been able to translate the words, I think, goes a long way just into even opening that door. And then once we have the conversation, you know, we've, as I, I mentioned, but we've, um, we've aligned all of our services around this as well. So we know in onboarding what the challenges are going to be for these, these audiences. Um, and so we have built them into quite a repeatable structure um, so, you know, this is what we do in month one. Um, uh, in week three, we're going to look at this. Consider bringing in your, I don't know, your head of boarding into this session and mm. and all those bits where we can we can advise them, look, here's what we think you need. Uh, it's almost like there's some productization to it in that, listen, we know what the customizations need to be or the configurations inside of HubSpot, what, what uh, aspects that emissions care about and how those translate to areas in HubSpot, like connecting the dots there. We know who to fold in and when we know how to scope this thing out and what that timeline looks like. So that templatization, uh, because you're so deeply familiar, it's, yeah, I can imagine incredibly beneficial for the delivery team at HubJet. They find it really reassuring as well. We share, we share the, uh, so in our sales process, um, uh, people say, yeah, but what does it look like? Like we realize maybe they've had a demo and okay, we know what, what HubSpot could do for us. Um, but, oh God, it can feel like a million miles away from them. And, and how do we get there? And we have, you know, we have a whole project set up and I'll show them on a sales call. Yep. So week one, this is the stuff we'll explore. These are the people you bring in. Here's how much time you need to allocate. Here's what we will do. Um, and we have every week broken down for our three months of onboarding for them to see in the sales process. And that is, um, it just everywhere. You can sort of see the shoulders relax and they go, mm-hmm. oh, it's fine. You know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, you're speaking our language. You you get what we care about. Uh, I can imagine, does that, how does that impact your sales process, right? You mentioned that oftentimes it's competitive situations, obviously a, a fairly considered long-tailed sales cycle. Does this give you a leg up or in, in, in navigating or, or moving these types of opportunities through the pipeline? Yeah, we've, we've had, um, we've had prospects come to us who, who may have spoken to other partners um, and they, they've said, yeah, we, we've scraped out HubSpot. We really want it, but we just need someone who really understands us and that comes up all the time um and i think that's that's you know where it really works it obviously works well for the client but it really works well for us to say don't worry we've we've got you obviously it um it does mean that there there might be whole audiences that we don't have right um with a niche you are somewhat limiting yourself to to your niche but for me i think there's a, an element of um you know we we want to be the quality 
provider, we want to really know our audience and what we do. If, if you want really good education onboarding, we can help with that. And mm-hmm. I think knowing that has helped us to, yeah, to raise ourselves up and, and sort of feel confident in what we do. If you came to me and you were a e-commerce company and want us to, yeah, sorry, don't know what yeah. to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not always easy to just uh, turn down, uh, you know, prospective business, especially if they're the ones doing the outreach or, or holding their hand. Is that a fairly hard line in the sand for your organization? Is that if anybody that reaches out outside, right, of your niche, uh, it's a it's a decline or, or, you know, a transition elsewhere, like pointing them in another direction? Yeah, I'd say it's, um, it's hardened over time. So to begin with, you know, as a small business, okay, I, I know HubSpot, I can implement it in other places if I need to. There are some areas that would be so far removed, you know, it, it might have been a stretch. But um, uh, I'd say now, actually, because all of our marketing and our sales and our services so aligned to our niche, we don't really attract people that aren't our niche because they would take one look and go, oh, that's not us. You know, on our on our homepage of our website, the first thing you see is um, we help education and nonprofit organizations grow using HubSpot. And so if you look at that and you're not from that niche, you might go, well, that's not really for us. And that's fine. And I think it's just been okay with that. Um, it did take me, you know, it it took me probably till post pandemic when when I realized that the world was, you know, the business was back out there uh, where I fully embraced that. We have serviced people in other niches and, and companies in other niches, but there's been usually a reason. So it's been, you know, a friend of a friend who we know, or it's, you know, there's been a referral and okay, fine. Um, yeah. But I'd say generally we don't have to really turn people away. If we did, I would, I, you know, I would often just say, I'm not sure we're the right fit here. Here's the partner directory or here's a partner we know of. Um, and actually we, we still do the helpful piece. I'll share resources but um, yeah, I, I think, and, and that's not just niche specific, but you know, we, for example, we don't do custom development. Um, we sure, don't it do could even be service needs, you know, right, right. It's not just business type or industry. That's the only disqualifier. Sure. Yeah. So we, we're like, we very much, okay, we don't do everything. We can advise a little bit on this area, but actually, no, you're going to need a specialist. I often just send people off to the partner directory and um, or if I, if I know of a, a good partner, then I'll just say, oh, yeah, here's one you should speak to. Um, and I, I actually think the the prospects really, um, really like that. They respect it. They, you know, they don't feel ever or I hope not feel like they're being sold to. Like usually, yeah. you know, most of our most of our leads are inbound. Um, most of our, you know, our traffic and everything's organic because people want to find out more about this. And obviously having a niche also helps your your, your keywords and all of that stuff. Very um, true. Right. It really puts into focus your SEO strategy, right? Yeah. Well, I um, think, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yes. Just that it, um, it does, it means that we don't end up, um, we don't end up with the awkward, oh, we thought you could help conversations. People know what we can do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it comes down to the value and having like really tight messaging and marketing and positioning because uh, it's preemptively, you know, uh, helping put a fence around, right? Who are the types of businesses that that you'd want to work with, but also that would want to reach out for your services. And so actually that leads me to my next question in that uh, I've kind of been using in, in this conversation, I've been using like deep niche alignment. I don't know what like your, your label would be, but I would say that that's different than just being a solutions partner who picks a niche or an industry that they want to work with, right? And so I think an example of how those contrast to your point, the website, the messaging, how upfront it is, versus 
having a sub page of like industries we work with, right? Like mm-hmm. vastly different. And so anyways, I'd love to get your take on the contrast between just picking a niche, but like true deep niche alignment and then what that might look like, what that tends to look like for HubGem as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it is interesting because we see, you know, um, uh, are there any other partners that work with education? Yes, of course there are. Um, that's fine. <laughs> but um, we, uh, we go, you know, we, this is what we do. Um, and actually, I think, I think, yeah, you're right. It's in, it's in everything. Um, that you, I want you to, to see our brand, hear our name and go, oh, that's who they are. Um, uh, and so, you know, every, our blog on our website, every article is about helping schools, colleges, universities, training providers, like everything is to that audience. Um, and we don't really veer far from that. Um, every conversation with sales, our email footers are like, everything we do, every event we go to. So um, uh, we're remote, but we do attend events as well. And they are um, like, they're always really like hyper-focused um, uh, ones that are really sector specific. And it it's living and breathing that. Like I could, you know, I could tell, well, we've also worked with this. Um, uh, but I do think that is quite different. Like we have, um, we sort of um, built our house around this is, the place you go for this um as opposed to oh yeah we could help with that no i love that um it, it's super helpful and actually so on the flip side of that too uh uh and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like you know making this call to niche deeply niche uh it can't all be sunshine and rainbows right like were there any uh you know what are the risks that partners take in doing so were there any learnings along the way, considerations that you've had to make, uh, you know, any place that you had to scrape your knee to learn from? Like, you know, what are what are the what are the darker pockets of having a niche, you know? Yeah, I suppose I suppose the first one is actually whatever the darker pockets of your niche are. Right. So, um, for example, we will have very specific personas that work in uh, in the clients that we serve and um, uh, or that we're that we're selling to. and. Um, you know, when you come across a tricky one, you're guaranteed you're going to find them in basically everyone you speak to because those people are drawn to those organizations. And and so when you come across a challenge, whether it's a persona or a, a technical challenge, you know that it's you're likely going to keep coming across it. So mm. you've sort of got to hope that you can fix it. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I think that's that's one. And, and I suppose on a similar point to that, um, you know, education as an example they don't um the software is is typically very limited in the space um integrations are just not commonplace Mm, (laughs) so mm -hmm. we can say right we can do all of this for you um and it's it's not uh, it's not even just that they're uncommon they're impossible right there's no endpoints on the software people are using yeah so so we have to mold and adapt based on other things that are outside of our control in the niche um, I suppose flipping that and the way I, I try and view it is that, well, if we do feel when we do fix it, hopefully, then we fixed it once we can repeat that solution. Um, but it does leave you with risk. You know, at the beginning, when I when I started, I, there was one particular um, one particular integration I just really wanted to have because I knew that every school we spoke to would need it and yeah. it didn't exist and, and it wasn't possible. And that you know, was really hard. Um, as it happens, that is probably the only one we've we've actually built ourselves and, and we do have. But it took a good two years to overcome that. And in the meantime, you know, whereas I suppose if, if you had loads of other sectors you served, 
it would have been a, a contained problem. Um, so I guess, yeah, one is, is, is sort of that where, where there are problems or, or challenges, they repeat a lot. Um, I would say also, um, we might not, um, we might not uh, sometimes like, appear at the same level. So mm. because we are so niche in our world, with a big fish <laughs> um but in every other world it's like oh who are they are oh, they just do this um so it can make you um it can i suppose it can put you in a very clearly labeled box that <laughs> this is what you are and it can um you know it can make you it can make you feel or, or as a team you could be like, oh yeah but these agencies look they're serving all these sectors and all these and it it gives you it's quite hard to get a sense of scale because mm. what we're doing is very big but in a very small area as opposed to medium size in a very big area, I suppose. Yeah, that's really, that's a really interesting uh, uh, note. And it's just, yeah, the perception, right? And perception isn't always accurate, but yeah, just like uh, uh, in some pockets, maybe being put in a box in some ways, right? Uh, but not having a representative of like what you may mean to that industry or to your point, actually, we're a big fish in that pond, right? Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. And then uh, I liked how you called this out, but then also turned it into the the positive and you're like, yeah, listen, when you're deeply aligned to like a niche, uh, the things that come up as objections or like things that are, that tend to be broken that are hard to fix. Like there's a frequency of like how often they reoccur and how often they come up. And so it's like, you have to deal with it every time. But if you're able to find the right soundbite to mitigate or find the right solution to configure, well, then now you have that templatized across every time it comes up in the future. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's that's been, now, honestly, that's been quite a, a big thing for us. So, uh, you know, we have blog articles and knowledge base articles and we, we run um, we, we run HubSpot user group events as well all around. OK, here's your pain point. Come on, let's talk about it. And <laughs> yeah. um, and we have to lean into it, because you know, for example, using the word deals for children. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, a huge yeah. problem but we can't we can't change that we can adapt we can we know the common arguments and we also know various solutions mm -hmm. um and so we lean into it and we open up a conversation about it and try and you know it might put the odd person off but generally at least we've offered solutions sure yep uh and you have the talk track and the framing and the value proposition otherwise they can get past just the naming conventions like here's all the the things that it unlocks mm -hmm. right um and also, I think your other note too, you know, uh, as you go to pick a niche, uh, get a sense of what the the maturation of the sector specific softwares or like, you know, the systems are, uh, and, you know, do they have open, open APIs and what do you need to do to connect? Uh, the integration element, a really interesting call too. Um, I want to go to the team for a second. Uh, uh, you mentioned you're now up to 18, um, which is great. Uh, how has your alignment with the education sector impacted uh, your means of growing, sourcing talent, hiring talent, developing talent? Are you looking for folks with educational experience? You're onboarding them to HubSpot. You're looking for HubSpot experience. You're going to orient them to the sector. Like what's the order of ops there and, and how does niching impact that whole process? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting challenge. I know that, um, I mean, it, hiring and retaining good people is a challenge for, for every business. Um, and Sure. Um, but for us, I think um, we, we have a mixture. So I would love to hire just people who have experience in the sector. Um, uh, the big problem with that is that there's not many people who leave the sector to work in anything else. So I would limit my uh, 
my options significantly. They're making you know, like a real pivot change career-wise, right? Yeah, yep. it's massive. Yep. You know, nobody really does what I did. People, you know, when I left the sector, what, you're starting a business or you're going into, whoa. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, there's not that many people that want to leave the sector. It's quite a comfortable sector to work in. Sure. Um, it's, uh, so, you know, people like it. They have good pensions. They have all the perks. <laughs> so um, I don't... Uh, I love to get people with education experience, but I don't only limit myself to that. Um, yeah. So where we uh, where we try, we, we genuinely hire on personality above anything. Um, personality and attitude. We're a small team. We put a big emphasis on culture um, and um, you know and, and growth of individuals within the company as we grow. Um, and actually, more important than anything, is just hiring on character. Um, some of our biggest success stories in terms of like progression through the company have been people who have come, they've said, I don't know what a CRM is and I've never worked in education, but oh God, they're superstars now. Um, mm-hmm. And they're working, you know, they're doing some really complex stuff with clients. They have um, the intangibles, right? The things you can't teach. Yeah. Uh, the things we can teach, we'll do. But do you you know, map to our culture? Do you have the right values, the right personality and character traits? Yeah, love that. Saying that, we do have a couple of people in the company who uh, who uh, we managed to get from education to come in and move over to the dark side. Um, and they um, they bring such a wealth of knowledge. So, uh, you know, one of one of our team um, recently ran a uh, personas in schools training session for the whole rest of the team where he spoke from his experience having been in a school less than a year ago um and he he was able to bring anecdotes and insights that you know that I learned from and that the team learned from it's been a few years now since I was there and there was bits I hadn't considered so that's really valuable as well um uh, and our main in terms of like finding and recruiting good people um what we found more recently is because we put such an emphasis on culture and because we're so focused on quality of service, we have a lot of clients who used to work in a school or a university. And then mm-hmm. they say, they'll just contact me and say, Gemma, I'm looking for a new opportunity. I would love to work for HubGem. So we're actually getting people. And then by then they've, they know HubSpot and they know education. So that's been really nice that like we would never obviously actively source people from no, it's different than poaching right yeah. but yeah it's like you now have an inbound uh engine for candidates right? people see it they see the impact we make and they want to be part of it and so we've we've had a few join us that way as well well it sounds like uh again uh if you can find folks with the right uh experience in education under with hubs like certainly you want to gravitate towards that but it's not uh, you know it's not a deal breaker if they don't um Sounds like there's a diverse composition across the team based on those experiences where they come from, but obviously it's a very culture oriented means of of building the team. And so honestly, it sounds like too that those with the experience are also you know semi responsible for helping upskill and up level the team uh, in the industry itself, right? Yeah, so kind of like a shared ownership it. of that too. Yeah, the stuff that you that you you know you wouldn't you would just wouldn't know if you hadn't been in the sector. And and I think it's it's nice for that to come from a range of voices across the team and a range of roles as well. Um, what, what, we, what I would say is we don't actually, or not very often, hire people with HubSpot experience. It presents a lot of challenges for us, but we, you know, we are a, a small-ish agency. Um, we, um, HubSpot skills are, are popular and, you know, there's a lot of bigger partners out there who, who will find people with skills. And I can't, 
you know, I, I can't necessarily compete in some in some ways uh, with with some of those. So what I um, what I do instead is is um, hire, as I say, on personality and on maybe sector experience, and yeah. then teach the HubSpot stuff um, just by immersing people in it. And then usually within three to six months, people are good to go with their own clients. But in the meantime, we have roles leading up to that where they can you know, get the hands-on experience, still be working with clients, but not have their own responsibilities. And yep. we've that's that's working quite well for us. No, it makes sense. Actually, you brought up another thing too that I, I want to uh, uh, dive into quickly. You mentioned that, hey, you know, comparatively, we're a fairly smaller uh, agency. I know you mentioned 18. Uh, and so growing up to 18, do you think for smaller partners and smaller teams is uh, – uh, niching down or, or really anchoring to a niche is it a, a more important decision to make for smaller organizations than bigger or like where and how does team size and niche alignment intersect interlock overlap you know what i mean yeah i i think i mean i think it's an important decision regardless of size generally but if you're going to go deep niche alignment like it is a, a whole strategic pivot if you're not already you gotta go it, all right? in yeah. right everything you do has to you know it has to show up right yeah um i think for a um a, I think actually the biggest thing for us um, as a smaller agency has actually been deciding what services we offer and what we don't offer. Mm. Um, and it's actually been that alignment that's been, uh, or those decisions that have been harder. Um, you know, when I started out, I'm from a marketing background. I could do the marketing stuff. I can help with this. And before you know it, you know, I'm ex- I need to be a full, a full operational marketing team for all of our clients. It was just, it wasn't scalable. Um, and I, uh, I don't, I just didn't want to grow in, in that way. I didn't want to have to have a team of content writers and a team of graphic designers and web developers. Yeah. So I'd say one of the hardest decisions I had to make um, was what services do we offer? Is it risky to just offer HubSpot onboarding and like HubSpot support and, and strategy? Is that going to cut out the market? And, you know, in the early days, we were having people say, oh, yeah, but can you do this as well? Um, and And the odd time I did, but... But now it's like, no, no, this is what we do um, and, and trying to be OK with that. And I'd say that was something where we did change because we had started off doing more and then we cut it back. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't I just couldn't visualize having a team with all of these um, all of these different um, like areas of yeah. or function or like domains of uh, ownership or, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whereas what we have now is feels a lot more scalable. Um, I remember actually my uh, my my CC at the beginning was very much one of the, all the training I had was like make sure it's scalable and repeatable, and it really stuck with me. And and um, you know as I said about what we do for our onboarding, and um, and so it means it's easier to to grow the team to be a team of specialists. Yep. Um, uh, and we we just have we have multiple of the same position in the company, um, and that also gives us a little bit more resilience, I think. Um, in that, you know, we have multiple consultants and they share experiences. Yep. No, it, uh, it's a helpful frame of reference. So it's like the consideration for, for smaller teams are looking to, you know, grow in a scalable manner. It's more so drawing a fence around the services you want to offer. Uh, you know, not so much the call for niching. That should be a call you make regardless. And I think to your point too about uh, uh, kind of your messaging and how that has strengthened over time and like, Turning maybe down, turning down businesses that don't fit the, the education sector. You you probably have tightened that up, the services piece too, right? I think the hardest places to say no are when existing clients may ask you, "Hey, do you also? Can you also?" And I would imagine over time, you know, it's been easier or or you know, 
uh, more straightforward to be able to say like, no, that's outside of the purview of, of our organization. Yeah. Is that a I, fair read? I think so. It does help that, um, that our, our particular niche often have in-house teams. So that that certainly helps as well. It means, although there is still some interest, um, we know they don't need it in the way that maybe other sectors might might really have that need. Um, so we uh, we again just do just like we do with a niche. We'll say, yeah, so this is what we can help with. Um, if you need this support, here's some places you might want to go and look for that. And we we help them, but we're not afraid to hand that work over to somebody else because if that means we can do more of what we're really good at, then I see that overall as a good thing. Have you ever had to uh, rethink the menu of services, what you do want to offer and what you don't want to offer based on how many times either a prospective client or existing client asks for something and you're like, wow, this has come up enough times or, you know, maybe we actually do need to start offering this. Like, have you had to make any pivots in that way? Yeah, I'd say there's, there's been, um, there's been two, two real standout moments for this. One was um, in-person consultancy. Um, uh, so a lot of our clients, they, they just want to step back, go and sit around a table and let's just plan out something in loads of detail and get loads of advice. Um, that was something that, um, uh, we were doing the regular zoom calls and, but we weren't really maybe geared up to, to go and do these in-person consulting days. You know, it's, we have clients around the world. Um, uh, we don't just hop off to go, go somewhere. And that was something I, so I wasn't massively prepared for. So yeah. we do offer that now, um, but we have to, you know, we have to charge for that because it takes us away and it, it's different. But um, yeah. we do see real value and I know our clients do. So for some clients, that is really important that we offer that. Um, uh, and I mean, as of yet, I've not been to any, you know, tropical climates for it. It's all been fairly local. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So that was one. That's and then, a prospecting and, issue, I think, for HubGem. You know, yeah. I mean? you got to really start, you know, honing in on some tropical locales. Yeah. I, I will try that. <laughs> um, and then, and then the other time is, um, so we offer like um, monthly support plans after onboarding, and mm. it's like ongoing HubSpot support. Um, uh, you know, some people use it a bit like their CRM manager. So we'll be doing, you know, we'll be building the workflows and, and all that stuff for day to day. Um, but uh, we had some customers, some of our longest standing customers who had who had sort of done all the support plans. Remember, they don't need us for marketing and they knew HubSpot. They've been using HubSpot for every year or more. And they're like, we know what we're doing, but we just want to keep working with you because we really like I suppose they, we built a great relationship. And also they um, it was like a comfort blanket. of, But what if something? Yeah, work. right. The trusted advisor. This is just in yeah. case. Right. Yeah. So we adapted there because they were like, we just want a really low level plan where we know if we really need you, we can have an hour or two of your time. And so we, we did. That was something to begin with. I was like, oh, that's going to be quite hard to scale. What if everyone does it at the same time? And mm. um, uh, but that is something we've now implemented, you know, for customers that have reached that point. We want to keep the relationship going. Of course, yeah. it helps for uh for our managed revenue and all that stuff as well. well. Of course. Yeah, for <laughs> so, sure. There's some partner program benefits to something like that, mm -hmm. having maintenance programs in place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that was another, another little sort of pivot on what, what we hadn't planned to offer, but we do. Ah, I love that. Uh, now, Gemma, as we come up on time, uh, it's been super insightful. Love hearing about, uh, uh, again, how deeply aligned you are to the education sector. Um, but uh, as we come up on time and as we wrap, the final question I have for you is uh, one we, we, tend to wrap every episode with, um, not education specific. What's the strangest part of agency life? Ooh, um, you know, I think, I think for me, it's the fact that day to day people outside of HubSpot world and agency world, 
um, at trying to explain to them what you do. <laughs> um, you know, you meet people and they go, oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, okay, which, which, how deep do I go with this? <laughs> so, you know, I, I tend to go, oh, yeah, I run a business. Okay, some people are satisfied with that. So, oh, doing what? Good question. Okay, so, so we help education providers implement a HubSpot. What's HubSpot? What's CRM? And oh, guys. And they just, they almost don't get what it's like day to day because, it, you know, we don't have offices. We're, we're sort of physically invisible um, uh, um, aside from all of our online stuff. So I think for me, the strangest part is that anybody outside of the HubSpot ecosystem, um, if you try and tell them what you do, they just don't get it. <laughs> Well, it just goes to show sometimes uh, the bubble we may live in within the HubSpot ecosystem. But uh, tremendous answer. Gemma, appreciate you also coming on the podcast, uh, sharing your insights as it relates to both HubSpot for education, uh, but also what it looks like to have deep niche alignment. Uh, so thanks so much for sharing your insights. Great. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been fun. And for those that have tuned in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfolded.